and welcome to the week 15 version of the Megapod. We're going to break down every single NFL game this week. Lines.com for all of the written content and to join the Discord, get in on the conversation over there. Tons and tons and tons of people are doing this on a daily basis, and you can not get, uh, you can get not only NFL, but you can get college basketball, big, uh, big, big contingency over there when golf gets back going. Talking a bunch of golf in the Discord, so be sure and get in there as well. If you're watching us over on the uh, YouTube machine, go ahead, hit that subscribe button down below. Really do appreciate that. Matt Brown, Steven Anders, and Adam Candy. You want to follow them on the Twitter machine, Adam Candy, two E's, no Y, Steven Anders, one. I am Matt Brown, M2. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's take a look here. Saturday football, Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. As we sit right now, the Vikings are three and a half point to four point home favorites, a total of 47 and a half. Listen, I'm sure you guys had a laugh last week when I was gone about the whole Vikings thing. I had $0 bet on the Vikings last week, which is uh, for you. There we go. This is how you go about betting. You bet when you think you're going to win. And then you don't, when you think you're going to lose. And then you try to like, you know, do all that. So I had $0 bet on the Vikings last week. That is not the case this week in which I did take, uh, I did lay the three and a half with the Vikings because I think what we've gotten now is a little bit of an overcorrection from the Vikings looking like garbage last week. Now, gar- I think there's the, the game plan is out on a few teams out there. And we'll talk about this as we get through the course of the week. But Adam, when I take a look at this, it's you bet the Vikings when they're not playing a, a high powered offense, you, you fade them when they're playing a, a good offense. And it's pretty simple because they're going to be able to score some points. They scored some points last week, just not enough. Um, and they're going to give up some points to good offenses. That's just going to happen. I do not consider the Colts to be one of those offenses. I do not consider the Colts to be a good offense whatsoever. And so I think this number is actually pretty short. I think if the Vikings would have won last week or if the Vikings would have, you know, maybe only lost like on a last second score or something like that, we'd be looking on the other side of four for this one. So I thought three and a half was too short. I can't believe you're coming to me first to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> However, I will allow it. Uh, the Vikings, to me, are not a whole lot different than they were going against the Detroit Lions. And we're going to talk more about the Lions in a little bit here. I think that game was a lot more about Detroit than it was about Minnesota. And now you go against an Indianapolis team that I think you can be fooled by this indie team and fooled by how bad the score looks from the Dallas game. Uh, they were right in that game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, it's going to be a matter of which team does Matt Ryan throw the ball to because they're going to be able to run the ball on Minnesota. We know this already because you just talked about high-powered offenses can do a lot against this Minnesota defense. How healthy is the offensive line going to be for Minnesota on the other side of things, right? They were without two of their top offensive linemen last week in Bradbury and and uh, dare saw. And so now you look this week against an Indianapolis team that honestly, it's Stephon Gilmore's had a pretty nice season, but it kind of doesn't matter who you have cover Justin Jefferson. So I think this in the end is going to come down to which team does Matt Ryan throw the ball to. Uh, I'll pass on the game overall. Um, I don't really have a sense of who Indianapolis mm-hmm. is yet under Jeff Saturday and uh, for me that's enough to just skip this one. Steven uh, those two offensive linemen are trending in the right direction should be back. Darisaw a, a big big addition there for Minnesota obviously uh, one of the better tackles in the game and so getting him back is going to be big for the offense. Of course Kirk Cousins under duress a lot here lately. 
Uh, uh, Minnesota, for what for all they lack on defense, they actually defend the run fairly well. It's more giving it up in the pass game in which the it is a lot of horrible scheming and stuff to where Kevin O'Connell actually had to come out and answer some questions this week about what they were going to do from a play calling standpoint in the defense because it seems like they go into this super soft shell and these and the teams just run up and down the field on them uh, in the pass game. So I imagine we're going to see at least some sort of different strategy. Now, whether that works for them or not, I don't know. But let's put it this way. It can't be that much worse, right, when it comes to to, to how they're defending the pass. And so I think that there's there's only one way to go, and, and that's up. For sure. You make a great point on Darisol. The numbers in terms of this offense are drastic when he's not in the lineup. And I can't fault you for for taking the best of the number of the Vikings this week. This one got out to four, four and a half, and now we're seeing some buyback. The four and a halfs are gone. So um, I think I see why. I mean, I'm not going to go into a, a whole big spiel on the Vikings metrics again this week. You can go back and watch if you missed it in previous weeks. Mm-hmm. But for what it's worth on paper, it does seem like the Colts defense does match up fairly well against the Minnesota offense. Although I do agree with you that they don't have anybody that can cover Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And I do think that the Vikings are not great at getting pressure, but the Colts can't block anybody. So, and I'm not sure a bye week is going to help the Colts blocking issues and Matt Ryan's turnover issues with, I mean, he's got a noodle arm at this point. It's clear he can't make all the throws. And when he tries, he gets picked off or takes a sack. So, um, the, the Colts are not the team I want to go to war against in my quest to fade the Vikings. I'll just put it that way. And I, I think you and I are, our disagreement overall on the Vikings is about starting point, right? Like mm-hmm. you, we all agreed coming into the season that the Vikings are a positive regression candidate. If you bet them every week, then over the course of the season, it's worked out very well for you. I kind of am looking at it week to week, trying to look at where they are at this point. I don't think there's substantial improvement in this team. I think we saw that against a good offense last week in Detroit, but starting point here, I think is where our disagreement is. But overall, I think we both have good process on this. Yeah. I mean, like I, again, it's just, I think it's a, a miniature little by low spot on a team that I think uh, a lot of people have, have st- started to sour on it. And, and listen, like I said, if, when they play good offenses, they're not a team that you want to be backing. That's for sure. Unless they figure out, you know, something drastically to change in that defensive scheme in the course of a week, which, I doubt it. It's been 15 weeks, so I can't imagine that they're going to fix something that's been broken over the course of uh, the entire season. Let's look at the second game here on Saturday, Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills as we, oh, this is the Ravens and the Browns, I should say. Uh, Browns are sitting two and a half to three point home favorites right now over the Ravens. 38, 38 and a half is your total as we sit right now. Steven, we know a couple of things about this one. One, Could be some weather concern in this thing. Again, we're doing this early Friday, lots of time between kickoff. We know weather's weird. 24 hours can mean a ton, but at least something to monitor. There's a few four or five different weather games this week that at the very least is going to be bitterly cold and there might be wind, there might be rain, there might be slush, there might be different things like that. This being one of those games, Uh, no doubt that Deshaun Watts does not look great since he has taken over for the Cleveland Browns. We know that for sure, but the Ravens are going to have to go Tyler Huntley. There is not going to be any Lamar Jackson out there. And despite the fact 
that he does have a little bit of experience and has been a guy that has come in and played kind of admirably for this team. They were able to do absolutely nothing last week whenever he was in there on the field. Very, very lucky to get that win. The Steelers turned it over inside the 25-yard line three different times and lose by two points. So when you come away with zero points on three different trips inside field goal range and lose by two, uh, that tells you you get a pretty fortunate win in all of that. I actually took, I laid the two and a half here. I played a bunch of short favorites this week. I, I laid the two and a half with the Browns. I thought there was at least, and I did this on Sunday. I thought there was at least a chance we were going to get Brown at quarterback for the Ravens. And if that was the case, it was going to fly past the, the two and a half that was available out there. Instead, the two and a half is still available. If you want to play it on the Browns end of the day, uh, I'm not, a, I'm just not completely sold on this Ravens squad. The offense certainly has sputtered all year long, even with Lamar Jackson. And now you put in Tyler Huntley and, you know, I, I think it's just kind of a watered down version of what we've seen all year long. Matt, the, the Browns were a big buy on team in the market last week against the Bengals. Are you surprised that this hasn't gone out farther than it has at this point against the bank uh, against the a Ravens team that really hasn't impressed? I'm a little I'm, surprised here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I get I mean, we did come off the two and a half at several of the books. It is three at several of the books. So, I mean, you know, we know moving on to a key number and things like that. I mean, there, there is that that's happened. I think people look and think that Huntley is kind of like, oh, it's Huntley. He's just kind of like Lamar light. And that's just not the case. There is no other Lamar. Right. I mean, Lamar has an individual skill set that nobody can replicate in this league. And so, um, yeah, for, for me, I think there's maybe a little bit too much buy in in Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I, I teased the Ravens plus eight and a half here with a low Which total. I think it's fine. 40. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think obviously a, a big window there for mm. us to both win our bets with a low total of 40. I teased it with Pittsburgh this week. What to your point about Watts in the last two weeks, 25th in EPA per play, 23rd in CPOE. The Cleveland offense the past two weeks with a game against Houston in there has a worse EPA and success rate than the Baltimore offenses had with Huntley at quarterback. And they, they faced Denver and Pittsburgh, two strong defenses and the Baltimore defense also has a better success rate in stopping the run metrics than Cleveland does. Obviously a very small sample size, but it's what we're working with here mm -hmm. with these two quarterbacks that are playing in this game. So I don't fault anybody for taking the Browns under two and a half, especially with the market interest in this team. I just wonder if it's a bet on okay, this is the week Deshaun Watson's going to look like he did for the vast majority of when he played for the Texans. And I just – I think that you're kind of hoping this is that week for him. Adam, when you take a look at this one, I mean, like I said, I, I was – I was playing the Browns in hopes that it was going to be to be Brown. I mean, I was, you know, I guess it was a 50 50 shot that it was going to be Huntley. This thing is, I, I thought it's kind of a short week. It's a Saturday game instead of Sunday concussion protocol, you know, them being super careful these days. Anyway, ended up not breaking my way. I think it's fine. I still think that the Browns at two and a half is a bet that I don't feel terrible about being in the account by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, this Raven seems just been fairly uninspiring on the offensive side of the ball. And while the Browns certainly have as well, I can only guess the more that Deshaun Watson plays, he's going to look more like the Deshaun Watson we know, but uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe he just won't look like that at all this year. And, and this will be a bad bet. Huh? The Deshaun Watson we know. Interesting thought in 2022. <laughs> I'll move on from that. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at plus eight and a half was a teaser leg for mm -hmm. me also. And it's, it's a weather game. That's it. Uh, like, yeah. and, and this is the weather game of the weather games. Like this is the one that's supposed to have the biblical wind and, and everything. And 
if it's going to become a game that is waged on the ground, then I don't think we're getting to either side being uh, winning this game by more than eight and a half points. I don't really need to add a whole lot to it uh, beyond that. You guys covered the Baltimore side pretty well. Um, you know, on the, on the Cleveland side of things, yeah, it, the defense has been better than it had been. It's faced a few uh, putrid offenses to help it do that along the way. So I don't think this is going to be a very inspiring game either way. I do think it plays low scoring and I think it plays close. Well, I, yeah, I think we're, I, I like everybody's take really on this one. I mean, I don't think either team wins at margin. Browns may be a slight edge if it is just, you know, you have to run it and run it, run it over and over again. At least you have the two different backs that you can run it with and whatever. So I think that this is probably pretty straightforward and a very interesting one to watch uh, as well. Because if Sean Watson makes absolutely no progress here in this game, you got to wonder if, if maybe this season is kind of lost here at all to try to back this Brown squad. Final game on Saturday, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. As we sit right now, Bills are seven-point home favorites. It is a total of 44-44 and a half. Adam, this is another one of the weather games. As of yesterday, forecasted for nine inches of snow in Buffalo. Of course, if you ask to a Tiger Bailo, he said, it's just a mindset. Don't worry about it. You know, the, the cold's just a mindset. Like, you just got you just got to power through it mentally. Ah, uh, not me, buddy. I would be crying on the sideline if I was sitting in, you know, <laughs> sub freezing temperatures with nine inches of snow falling and all that. And the other part that, that this, um, weatherman that I've, I follow that's a local guy up there in Buffalo is saying it could be that weird kind of wintry mix slush thing too going on where it's kind of wet, kind of snow, kind of whatever. And, and we saw last week it took Buffalo and the Jets, but it, it took, it took them about a quarter and a half to kind of figure out how to deal with all that and what to and what to do. Now they ended up getting the offense going after about 20 minutes into the game of, of gameplay time, but it took them a little while to get things going here. And so I know why we say we don't really worry about anything other than wind. I do think when you get the bitter cold mixed with that kind of wintry slush stuff that it can affect an offense for sure, which is, I mean, I think Buffalo has the distinct, distinct advantage here in this I think that a teaser leg for Buffalo from seven down to one is absolutely fantastic in this game and uh that is the that is the angle that I'm in I didn't think I was going to bet all three Saturday games did end up betting all three Saturday games I'm curious total on this game uh mm -hmm. 44 44 and a half and it feels to me like there's a lot of prior on what Miami has done this year offensively baked into that mm -hmm. and it's not like Miami the last couple of weeks has been like, oh, man, it, fall, it fell off a little. It's been, no, go ahead and check at the bottom of the cliff and mm -hmm. see if you can find the bodies down there because that's how bad it's been on the offensive side. And it's looked like Tua from the last couple of years. And that's concerning. Uh, is that, I'm going to lay off this thing. Um, the weather plus what is Miami's offense right now, plus Miami having beaten Buffalo in the first matchup. Granted, that had a lot to do with the heat uh, down in Miami when they played the first time early in the season. But what is it that's going on with Tua? I don't claim to know enough about mm -hmm. football uh, to, to be able to tell you the X's and O's of what's going on there. I can tell you that the Buffalo defense is as healthy as it's been for the last few weeks, the least since the Von Miller injury at this point. And I don't want to find out uh, if I had any faith in my numbers, right? I, my numbers say Buffalo mm -hmm. five and a half. Uh, if it's Buffalo seven, I don't want to be you know, betting Miami and finding out that, oh no, there really is something wrong with Tua. So uh, for me, it's a pass unless I 
unless one of you guys can convince me that the under, even though it's gone down from 47 to 44 and a half, isn't the right side. Yeah, I mean, I still lean under, especially with the 44 and a half, you know, 44 being that key ish number that we kind of look at when it comes to uh, that range. When it comes to totals, I would still certainly lean under. In this thing, Stephen, I mean, my best guess from the Tua standpoint, one, it does look like, at least from what I'm hearing from quarterback gurus and stuff, that his mechanics have regressed a little bit and that he's kind of doing some things that he was doing last year. Two, Jalen Waddle hasn't been healthy. That's another thing, I think, whenever you have both of those guys out there running, you know, routes, precision routes and things, it makes it a lot easier on a quarterback. And, um, you know, he's been kind of battling a bunch of injuries and things like that. I think that probably has some effect on stuff and i mean you know i don't know people are smart maybe some of mcdaniel maybe mcdaniel didn't realize he had patterns or things that he was kind of doing that that some of these defensive coordinators did pick up on and start to to pick up on as well from his play calling standpoint so that's that's kind of the only thing that i can really really point my finger to here but i I do think there's a pretty distinct advantage for buffalo in this one I'll also point to the fact that he was down both of his tackles against san francisco which is the worst team to be down both your tackles Mm -hmm. to and also down another tackle against the Chargers and their uh, one coming back who's still playing hurt. I don't think Teron Armstead is is healthy. He's out there still. He's questionable yeah. again this week. And Austin Jackson is the guy they lost to IR. So I think that's a big part of it. And I don't think that's getting fixed this week against Buffalo. And if you look at the schedule, I'm not a big spot guy, but – This is like the worst possible spot all season for Miami. Third straight road game. They move the game a day earlier now. And it's in a snowstorm on a Saturday. So this is this is the absolute worst spot. I saw somebody joking on Twitter that the Dolphins played a 55 degree game in L.A. and they had space heaters in that game on the sideline. And how are they going to deal with the cold in Buffalo and the snow? So I, I totally agree with you that this is a teaser leg option for the Buffalo Bills. I think that in these type of conditions, I don't want to bet on a team to win by more than a touchdown, but just to simply win with one of the offenses we trust most in the NFL. Maybe not top of the list at this point, like we thought for a lot of the season, but still top three, I think we would all agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teaser leg for me here for sure on Buffalo. Yeah, I think it is a I think it's a pretty solid play. Um and, and there's a couple of different couple of different dance partner options. Uh, you guys already mentioned one as uh, a little bit earlier that you would be able to pair this up with if you wanted to play maybe the Ravens or something like that. I want another one of the low scoring games and there's several others as well. Really do like Buffalo here, but not quite at the full touchdown, especially considering what we might may or may not get from a weather standpoint. I'd rather just have the teaser leg for them to win. Okay, moving on here, fellas, let's take a look at the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints as we head over to Sunday. The Saints are four, four and a half point home favorites over the Falcons. 43 and a half is the prevailing total across this. Of course, the big news in this one, the Falcons have moved on to Desmond Ritter. We knew it was coming at some point. We've been screaming this for about a month. They have to see what they have in this guy. Marcus Mariota was not the future. They had to see if Desmond Ritter has anything whatsoever in the tank and this move needed to be made. So uh, the only weird part about this is technically neither one of these teams are dead in this division. That's the worst division in the NFL. So uh, interesting move here by the Falcons. Nonetheless, does uh, Mariota is going to undergo a procedure on his knee. Steven, I'll start with you on this one. I don't have a play here. I do. I am at least tempted 
to want to lean at the Falcons side of this, because if you look at how inefficient Mariota was passing the ball, how inaccurate he was passing the ball, Ritter can't be that much worse. I mean, like he, honest to God, can't be that much worse than what we were getting out of Mariota and, uh, you know, getting on the other side of a field goal here against this Saints team that's, you know, absolutely horrible as well is at least tempting, but probably not going to make the account for me. Yeah, to your point, since week 10, Mariota was 34th in EPA and CPOE composite among quarterbacks with at least 30 pass attempts. So not even not even in the league. Yeah. so to speak. So, um, but you know me, I am always hesitant to say it can't be worse than that because we mm-hmm. saw it with Sam Ellinger. It's, it's in the range of outcomes that he could be better, but they've had a lot of opportunities while they were still more mathematically in the hunt to put Ritter in and they didn't, which makes me nervous that he isn't ready to play. So I will say though, from a comparison standpoint, Ellinger mm-hmm. was like a sixth round guy that fair, was a throw that was fair. a throwaway. Ritter, I, I mean, there were there were scouts out there that thought Ritter was it was like a back end first round guy, maybe a high Very second fair. round. So I mean there there is I, I don't think it's a an apples to apples anyway, whenever we're doing that. Now let me let me tell you the other side here because I'm with you. I have I have also been tempted all week to take mm. the Falcons. This four and a half that is still at one of the books has been staring me in the face all week. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I was hoping you guys would convince me of mm. it because I don't think the New Orleans Saints should be four and a half point favorite against anybody. I mean, what have they done? They haven't they've won one game in like the past six weeks. So now they're going to go out and win by basically a touchdown here. So I there's a few teams this week that are sizable favorites that need to win by more than a field goal that I just look at it and say, how the hell is this team favored by that much against anybody? And the Saints are one of them this week. Yeah, I, I Adam, maybe you can convince us one way or the other on this thing. I mean, it's just you. I look at the Saints and it's been a lifeless offense pretty much all season long, but certainly over the last month and a half of the season, the defense is not a shell of what it's been over the last couple of years as well. And they have really, you know, they, they, I I know they're again, technically alive (laughs) in the division, but really nothing to play for there either lame duck quarterback. I mean, like it's just on and on and on and on here. Things like that. You don't want to be backing with, with the saints, but uh, they find themselves as four point favorites. Boys, did I did I hear you out there looking for a hero? Yes. Looking for someone to say to you, bet the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for someone to convince you. There we go. That the boys from Georgia are the side you want to be on. Did you did I hear you say that that's what you need? Let we me see if it. I can let me see if I can rip apart this quarter zip <laughs> sweater like Hulk Hogan and come out as your guy because I'm on the Atlanta Falcons uh, at plus four this week. Part of it's what Steven said. Find me a team in the NFC South that is four points better than anybody else at the moment. Now, the games haven't always played out that way, right? Uh, you know, you have a game like Carolina just rolling Tampa that doesn't really show up that way. Um Think about what happened when these two teams met the first time around, right? We had an absolutely wild game early on this year, and I think it kind of portends what you could have again with them, which is that we have no idea who Desmond Ritter is going to be. Now, I'm not scared off by that. Like we were saying, it can't be a lot worse than Mariota, and I'll ask Matt, the Saints fan, this. What are the Saints good at right now? Yeah, absolutely nothing. 
Like really no. and truly. I mean, maybe checking it down to Alvin Kamara from time to time. <laughs> you know, right. like like yeah. that's about it. Yeah, that that, that really is. That's yeah. that's about it. You've got Cam Jordan limited in practice. You've got Marshawn Lattimore still limited in practice. Mm. Those are the two best players on this defense, and especially the Cam Jordan piece in terms of what kind of pressure is going to be on Desmond Ritter when he stands in there to throw the ball. I don't know. Some of the uh, the podcasts I listen to and the folks I follow basically were saying you're going to be shocked by how good Desmond Ritter really is mm-hmm. because in the preseason he did okay. look strong. So uh, Atlanta's the right side from here. Money money line sprinkle on the Ritter upside. I don't hate it, but I also don't trust the Falcons enough to go on the road yeah. and win outright mm-hmm. that uh, that the price is big enough for me to. Uh, go away from getting the four points, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say to you, it's a terrible idea. Matt, I will say now that he's said it, I am convinced I'm betting it and I'm going to add another stat in here. We know the Falcons run the ball despite their issues the past few weeks since week 10. They are still top 10 in rush EPA and success rate. The Saints are bottom 20 in stopping the run by EPA and success rate. Falcons are keeping it close. I'm in. Thank you, Adam, for the endorsement. You got me over the line. I might have to just sprinkle. We might have to have a family, a family bet this week. There we go. (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles on the road at the Chicago Bears. The Eagles find themselves as nine point road favorites over the Bears. Forty eight and a half is your total one rogue. Forty eight out there if you're looking to play. An over uh, guys bears, I guess if you're looking for an upside here would be coming off of a buy. So there is that if we are looking again in that Midwest and things, this Chicago, another one of those where it's going to be cold could be some other stuff going on there as well, but not as bad as some of these, these other places we know um, that some of the other places are at least going to have some sort of precipitation, some sort of wind, some sort of whatever. Um, Adam, I'll start with you on this one. And We've been kind of pegging the Bears as like a dead over team. The offense has shown signs of life. The defense still one of the worst in the NFL. Eagles are an absolute truck. We're getting a total that's under 49. It's over the 47 number, though, that is uh, that we kind of, you know, sometimes like to to highlight when we're looking at totals. I don't know. I, the nine seems too much to me, but there's no way I'm getting in front of this Eagles team. Just like no way in the world. They are bullies. They get ahead. They just continue to beat you down whenever they get ahead of you. So I don't want to be taking nine points with the bears at all here. My, my only focus is on the total and wondering, do the Eagles play in the high twenties, low thirties? And if they do, then we're not asking very much from Chicago. No, we're not asking very much from Chicago. And I think the Philadelphia situation is interesting, Matt, because early this year, I had a great handle on how I wanted to play Philadelphia. They were a second half under team, right? They would get ahead. They would bully their way ahead. And then they would basically just siesta for the rest of the game. They would just try to go to a very conservative offense. They didn't really run the score up. And then there was last week against the New York Giants in which they absolutely ran that score up. Um, part of it was the Giants couldn't stop anybody. And so, you know, that's how you end up with 48 points on the board from the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't know how healthy Justin Fields is, right? Uh, even coming out of the bye, uh, you were hearing from Eberflus and company this week that he's still sore. We don't really know if the shoulder is totally mm-hmm. healthy yet. And I'm going to point you guys to something when it comes to the nine point spread here that will keep me off this game because my instinct is Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But... This one's going to keep me off this game. Good article 
uh, in 538 by Josh Hermsmeyer talking about it's not your imagination. The games have been closer this year. Uh, give me the stats. So far this season, 92 games have been decided by six points or fewer. That is the most through week 14 in NFL history. At least that constitutes at least half of all games played in nine out of 14 weeks were decided by six points or fewer. So it's hard to go on the road and lay nine points with anyone in this year in particular. So I will pass on my instinct here and say, I'm not going to get in on the side. I hear you when it comes to the total, but if it's not Justin Fields or if this game starts out with Philadelphia going up 21, nothing and they decide we just don't want Justin Fields out there half healthy, then that could go against you. Too. Yeah, yeah the, there is that team total. On the Eagles, by the way, got 29 and a half. Boy. So like, uh, like they 30 point expect to score 30 points in this game. Uh, Steven, w- when we take a look, um, you know, all said and done, I think we're looking at a team here that every incentive to still play most of the four quarters when we're talking about the Eagles. I mean, the one seat is not locked up, locked up. The division isn't locked up, locked up. I mean, both are all but, but you do still have motivation to to win, they do need to continue. So I don't think this is, you know, the, oh, we're going to look past the Bears or, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to see some sort of them laying an egg or anything like that. So I don't know. Maybe I just play it. Maybe it's a team total. Maybe I just don't even worry about the Bears and I just say the Eagles get to 30 points in the game. I, I don't, everything is, everything about this is the, is the total to me. What, what say you? I want to monitor the wind in Chicago because getting to a total that high is concerning to me if it's going to be really windy. It looks like as of right now, let me put my meteorologist hat on here, Mm. uh, 17 mile an hour sustained winds. Um, a little bit less actually by kickoff. So we're looking at like 10 to 11. So not bad for a December day in in Chicago, at least in terms of the wind. So I, I'm going to pass on this game, I think. Um, I'm going to bet the Eagles a different way. I have bet the Eagles plus one at Dallas on the look-ahead line for next week. We'll get into more of an analysis yeah. on that for I know. the Christmas the, Eve game. What the hell is that all about? But, like, I mean, the Eagles are a wagon, man. The yeah. only concern we had about them this year was a small stretch of them stopping the run, which they have completely fixed at this point with signings off the street and Jordan Davis coming back from IR. They are the most complete football team in the National Football League. You can shoot holes into specific units on any of the other elite teams. I can't do it with the Eagles. No. Even Jalen Hurts, the biggest concern we had coming into the year is having an MVP caliber season with his efficiency. So I'm taking the Eagles on the look ahead here because I think there's a decent chance the Eagles obviously beat the Chicago Bears, potentially do it by a big margin. And I'm not ruling out the Cowboys losing to Jacksonville this week either. So I think I have a very good chance of getting the best of the number on the Eagles if I bet it right now before next week. Yeah, no, that's that's a good look as well. I couldn't believe that the Cowboys opened as a favorite in that one as well. That one would probably be going into the account for me too. Detroit Lions on the road at the New York football Jets. The Jets are point and a half to two point home favorites over the Lions. 44 and a half is your total. And people are going to be looking and saying, what are you talking about? How in the lot? How in the world are the Lions Dogs in a game in which they come off after beating the the Vikings the way that they did. Guys, it is a completely different scenario. They are moving outdoors. Not only moving outdoors, they're moving outdoors into bitterly bitter cold conditions yet again. This is another one of those games, which we know at the very least is going to have really, really, really cold 
conditions. We've talked about Jared Goff outdoors before. We've talked about, um, you know, listen, this team from an offensive standpoint is like just perfectly built for a dome. Take maximize, take advantage of all of that speed, take advantage of all the play calling and things like that. So we do have that. Mike White is going to go for the New York Jets at least as long as he can. We know this is a rib injury. We know it's a pain tolerance type of thing. Apparently, it'll be the whole stuff we saw from Romo in the past with the flat jacket and the whatever and all. And that's kind of how this is going to go for him. So long as he doesn't take a massive shot, he should be okay. Zach Wilson has been back reinstated as the number two quarterback for the Jets. And the reason I bring this up, Stephen, is because it's very hard for me to back the Jets knowing that if we do sustain some sort of injury to Mike White in the course of this game, it's going to go back to Zach Wilson, 420 yards of offense a game under White compared to 287 yards of offense per game under Wilson. There's a little bit of pause for me as well that Quinn and Williams is questionable in this this game. By far their best defensive player, one of the best defensive players in in in, in football. So for me, it's it's just going to be a, a, a wait and see on this thing. Maybe something close to game time gets in the account, but I don't think I'm going to be pulling the trigger before then. What say you? Cannot wait for this game. This is like loser leaves town game in the Wild <laughs> West, right? Because whoever loses this game is in all likelihood going to have a massive uphill climb to make the playoffs. And with Seattle losing on Thursday, Detroit is looking pretty solid here to have a chance down the stretch with a really easy schedule if they can win this game. If they win, they're going to be guaranteed to be a half game out of the playoffs because Washington and the Giants are playing each other. So massive week here. I have the Lions as a top 10 well, team in my well, power break. Right in the middle of this, Zach Wilson starting. No, yeah, yes. Come on. Yes, no, no. Right in the middle of the Zach Wilson starting. So this completely changes the handy. Guys, this is what this is awesome. This has never happened to us. We get the news in the middle of the thing. Zach Wilson is starting. Come on over to my side, boys. Oh, wow. Come on over with me. Here it is. Shoot, I gotta bet the Lions right now. Now I'm pissed. I was gonna tease the Lions uh, to eight, and now I can't. I gotta bet the Lions right now before this thing gets out of hand. Like we got, I gotta do I'm this seeing, live on air. I'm seeing this flip from Jets minus one, minus one and a half, minus two, and now I'm seeing Lions minus one at one book. Yeah, uh, the others have been slow All to right. move. They probably Tricked just moved it. it off the board. So we have All a favorite right. flip at this point. Okay, I, I, I took the huh. Lions. I took the Lions at one. Huh. So, oh huh. my God! There, there we go. Luck- what, can, what, can what, you get it in for me too, please? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Adam, Adam has a little face being made over there, which means he must have already had the Lions in the account and now has the much better of it. Is that what this is about? Oh, oh, me? Yeah, yeah. I oh. see the face. I see the face me, that you're making over there. Me, not me who's at all. Me who's had Detroit <laughs> pick since last Sunday night. <laughs> oh yes, I'm I'm enjoying that. Now I, I admit I also would have loved to get that that, that teaser leg as well, mm-hmm. but. Um, Guys, I I don't feel like I'm new to the bandwagon here mm-hmm. when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Um, I've been saying for weeks that they're actually playing really, really well, that they have been a top team in the league in dropback EPA, in dropback success rate. I, I, I saved all of my stats this week for just this one game uh, <laughs> to just to, to just come with Detroit Lions stats. Uh over the last 
seven weeks. So we've had 14 weeks of this season. Last seven weeks, filter out garbage time. No snaps with win percentage above 90% or below 10%. The Detroit Lions are second in all of football in dropback success rate. Higher than the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand they have played some of these games indoors. Mm -hmm. I understand that Jared Goff has a track record of not being the quarterback that we expect him to be right when we start to expect him to be the quarterback we expect him to be. Uh, But I'm going to point you actually to the other side of the ball here. The Detroit Lions defense has actually been reasonably good under the same circumstances. Over that same time period, week seven to week 14, garbage time filtered out. They're 16th in the league in EPA per play allowed. And that's actually fine when you have the offense that they have. They're finally healthy. And that's what I've been saying for weeks. They're finally healthy. And not only are they healthy to the point that they were in week one, they're healthier than that when Jamison Williams is out there catching a 41-yard touchdown like he was before. So Amon Ross St. Brown has become a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Then you add in Williams. DJ Chark's out here catching passes for them. And they've got DeAndre Swift healthy again. So I'll all that for the offense, but on the defense, they have been bad. And the Jets over that same time period are 30th in EPA per play on the offensive side of the ball. And that was with Mike White in the lineup. And now it's going to be Zach Wilson. So I'm disappointed. I can't get in more on the Lions than I already was. I understand everyone's going to be looking at the Lions this week after what they did to the Minnesota Vikings. And I understand that it looks like a chalky buy high spot on Detroit. But that being said, because I've been in on Detroit for a few weeks now, I am not feeling like I am the last guy on the bandwagon. And obviously I've got a piece of Detroit against Zach Wilson. Praise. Oh, dude, I took the under 47 when this thing opened on Sunday because I, because I just, I was like, okay, this is too high lines moving outdoors, like whatever, all the stuff like that. And now and I'm gonna now? get now I'm getting under 47 in a in a in a Zach Wilson game. This is just this is so fantastic. Um, so uh, reason is, guys. Um, again, we're just doing this live, so I know you'll probably know this by the time you get it. But uh, Adam Schefter came out and just said the doctors would not clear uh, Mike White to to go in this game, so it had to be uh, Zach okay. Wilson. I I think we need to spend a couple extra minutes here on if we how bullish we want to be on the Lions, because to me, it's not just about this game. Them having Zach Wilson now to face makes them very likely to win the game. Salah is at the mic. So Corey Davis is out. Quinn and Williams will not practice today. So it's like it's 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 bad news all around for the Jets in this one. Right. So now the Lions go from a coin flip game here, which we all thought to I think having a pretty likely chance of winning. Now the Jets defense is really good. It's, it it's, I still wouldn't say, you know, the Lions are still going to be short of three points here on the road. I think we all would bet on that at this point with Zach Wilson, at quarterback though. But if the Lions win this game, their schedule is cake the rest of the way. And they could, there's nothing stopping them with everything Adam just said about them being so good on offense and improved on defense. There's nothing stopping them from winning out and getting into the playoffs. So how bullish do we want to be here? Because they are still plus 275 to make the playoffs. They are 50 to one if you want to go so bold as to do NFC futures, because if they are the seven seed, they would play Minnesota in the first round, who they just wrecked. And then they would get 
to face the Eagles in the game after that where they'd probably be a touchdown underdog. So my question to each of you is how bullish do we want to be in some of these mm. markets here with the Lions? Well, nearly three to one for them to make the playoffs is at least interesting now that, I mean, Adam, if you thought they were going to win the game anyway, and now it has moved easily in your favor towards them winning this game, nearly three to one to make the playoffs is at least is at least intriguing. Well, think about what is in front of them, right? Mm. Taylor Heineke's in front of them. Daniel Jones is in front of them. A fading Geno Smith and the Seahawks are in right. front of them. There's nothing that intimidates you in terms of what's there in the NFC to go against the Detroit Lions. And to Steven's point about 50 to one on the NFC, look, it's a little bit of dreaming, but it's a great ticket to use to hedge one down the line. If somehow the Lions got a couple of good matchups before they had to face the Eagles or the Cowboys or San Francisco uh, down the line in the playoffs. So, I mean, obviously, I'm much more like the three to one on making the playoffs, but there is a strategy to be advocated for there when it comes to the NFC ticket. I'm uh, I'm this might be something that gets in my account as we uh, as we get off air. But uh, we do need we do need to move on. But this was that was fun. I'm glad this happened while we were on this game. That is uh, that is that is amazing. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. Again, that's a lot less fun. Uh, and then this thing, uh, we don't know. Are we going to get Mason Rudolph? Are we going to get, uh, are we going to, to get Mr. Trubisky? Uh, who, who are we going to get? We don't, we don't know uh, for the Steelers. Who cares? Yeah, I know. Neither the Steelers, is appetizing. Yeah. Uh, the, the Panthers are three point home favorites right now over the Steelers game has a total of 37 and a half guys. This is like the stinker of the week. I mean, outside, well, maybe Cardinals Broncos, but I, this is the other one. That's just kind of the stinker of the week. My analysis is so surface level. The Panthers should win because the defense is better and any quarterback. I mean, listen, we know, we know for a fact, we know for a fact that Mason Rudolph and, and Mr. Trubisky stink. So we at least know that for a fact. The defense for the Panthers is 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 probably better than the Steelers' defense at this point. And there's a couple of other playmakers. I, I don't know, man. What a what a crap game. This probably won't even make one of the TVs this week. What, what, Adam, do you have anything smart to say about this game? I mean, the smart thing is I've got Pittsburgh teaser legs uh, okay. out the door because why not? Yes, because, right. Like Panthers like, aren't like, winning we, at margin. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. Uh, even if the Steelers just decide to run, do nothing but run the ball this mm. entire game, they're not going to lose this game by more than eight points. Yeah. And if you look at a few of the metrics that I trust, um, you can see that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a little bit of respect from the PFF power rankings and from a couple other spots on the defense once uh, TJ Watt has come back. So ultimately, I'm not going to make it more complicated than that. All of the quarterbacks in this game are terrible. Uh, we know the Carolina can run the ball a little bit. We know Pittsburgh's okay on that side of things. So in the end, uh, pretty easy system play for me to take eight points with Pittsburgh. Steven kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's the only play in this one. If you were going to play it is it would be a teaser leg on the Steelers side. I don't think you really want to be backing Sam Darnold, <laughs> even though they have the better team at this point. I don't think like you really want to have a Sam Darnold ticket in your account. And neither one of these teams is built to win at margin, specifically the, the Steelers with, uh, with Pickett, you know, being out, they're just, you know, they're, they're, we're going to go back to what we saw basically at the beginning of the year where they had just a, a pathetic offense. And so, uh, yeah, 37 and a half might even be too high, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> 
I, I have the Pittsburgh teaser leg with Baltimore yeah. this week. I will also, you know, full transparency. I, I bet a lot of look ahead lines mm-hmm. and I got the worst of it on this one. That's going to happen from time to time when you bet a lot of look ahead lines. So I'm stuck with a Pittsburgh minus two and a half here from last week and got the bad luck of the picket concussion. So uh, just a little PSA. I, I never bet more than a unit on look ahead lines because of possible situations like this. So uh, they could still win. We'll see. But um, stuck with that old look ahead, but didn't stop me from betting the teaser on Pittsburgh this week either. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the only way to look. And like I said, even at 37 and a half, it might be too much. Like 17 10 is just like such a likely outcome in this game. <laughs> like 17 13. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Dallas Cowboys on the road at the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. This thing is all the way down to four in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. 48. Is your total, Stephen? What if I were to tell you that Pro Football Focus second highest graded quarterback since Week Nine in the NFL was Trevor Lawrence, living up to the draft pick, living up to all of the expectations, finally looking like that quarterback that everybody thought was the surefire going to be All Pro perennially every single year there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cowboys, of course, struggled last week with the Texans. I didn't really take a whole lot from that. I, I think it is fairly easy, even with these guys being pros. I think it's fairly easy when you go into a game with the Texans and just kind of like, it's very hard to get up for it, right? I mean, it's just, it's very hard when you're playing a team that literally is like a JV NFL team that probably should be relegated and all that. So it's just, I don't really take a ton away from that against the Cowboys per se. Uh, I think this number is pretty appropriate. I actually think the Jags, maybe if I had to play a side here, I'd probably still take the four as opposed to, to anything else, but no ticket in my account right now. What, what, what you got? You're going to be utterly shocked that I bet the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, like I said, if I was going to play it, I, that's, that's, that's the side I would play. Yeah. Eli bet it too. I thought he made a compelling case on beat the closing line and also in his write up on the lines.com this week. Uh, go back and check those out. I'll give you a couple of nuggets. Jaguars are top 10 in EPA since week nine. Trevor Lawrence, as you mentioned, his growth, number two in completion percentage over expected in that span. Dallas O-line, second worst in pass block win rate. They might get Tyron Smith back this week. We'll see. Not sure that's the total fix, but it, it would certainly help because Jacksonville's number seven in pressure rate with a below average blitz rate. So I think this is a team that is seeing second half improvement under a coach in his first year at the helm with a quarterback who had great pedigree and was put into the worst possible situation as a rookie. So I'm going to continue to try and buy Jacksonville when they are this big of an underdog. I'm not sure it's going to last much longer. And we know Dallas is a very undisciplined football team. They get in their own way of winning by large margins quite often over the past couple of years. So yeah, I like Jacksonville here to cover the spread. Adam, uh, if we take a look at Dallas, uh, it's one of those things where I don't quite know what it is, but it's like you watch a Cowboys game and you feel like they're just not quite complete. And I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger on it. There are there are times in a Cowboys game you watch and there's just a lull to where you look and you say, is this team actually good? Is this team actually any good? And then, of course, then they'll go on a spurt where you go, oh, okay, they are there. Maybe they are actually a contender in this whole thing. Tough team for me to back at a four-point favorite. Tough team for me to back at a four-point favorite on the road for sure as well. 
Uh, Jags defense, nothing to write home about, but does have playmakers at least. It does have talent at least on that side. And and I think there's just enough here from the Jags offense to keep this thing close. So uh, I don't know. What's what are you what are you looking at here in this one? Guys, I'm fighting myself really, really, really hard on betting Dallas in this game. Um, and I probably won't ultimately do it. Mm-hmm. But man, to me, does this feel like a buy high, sell low spot if you're taking Jacksonville, right? I understand Trevor Lawrence has played better. But man, coming off that game last week against a Titans team that might just be finally having the regression a lot of you guys expected hitting it uh, look a lot better than I think Trevor Lawrence probably ultimately is right now. Dallas obviously is getting downgraded because of this game against the Texans. Like you said, Matt, I can't take a lot out of that. So Mm -hmm. when I look at Dallas, I see same time period I just mentioned. Week 7 to 14, garbage time filtered out. They are the number one team in football in EPA per play on the offensive side. They're the number seven team on the defensive side. They are fifth in my power ratings. They are all of these things. And to me, it points me very easily. I have I make it Dallas five and a half. We're sitting here in Dallas four. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a point and a half, right? We're talking about some dead numbers at four, four to five and a half. But that being said, it feels like a buy low spot for me for Dallas. And yet can't do it Mm -hmm. Um, because you're asking me to bet Mike McCarthy on the road and I can't bet Mike McCarthy on the road in a spot against a Jacksonville team that I just said there are some things to worry about the defense is not playing well and Trayvon Walker is dinged up and might not play in this game but at the same time I I, I'm not getting in front of it they're better right they're better and Mm -hmm. so as much as I as much as my numbers say go Dallas I don't think I can yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, I know I'm I'm kind of the same way. I just I, I, I same reason for me on the other side. It's like I a lot of this just says to play Jacksonville. I can't quite get there. Uh, maybe it'll be a contest play for me or something like that. But I don't know if it'll it'll actually be in the account. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, promotional offer not available in Nevada. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better.
All right. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans, 14 points in favor of the Chiefs with a lifeless Houston Texans team. Uh, lifeless? I mean, like, it's sure? just, it's just, uh, it's so, it's so bad. I mean, like, a team, <laughs> they had the Cowboys just lay down last week and they still couldn't win the damn game. It's just like, come on, if you're ever going to steal one, like, that would have been the one to steal and they couldn't even steal that one. Now you've got Cooks coming back to practice and saying, like, yeah, but I'm still not going to play. Like, he doesn't want to play. Nico Collins, <laughs> Nico Collins isn't going to go. Damian Pierce now got hurt. He ain't going to go for the Texans. 49 and a half is the total. Um, Adam, eh, I looked at a player prop here in this one. Mainly, I, like Chris Moore for the Texans has become like their de facto number one wide receiver for this team because there's been no Cooks, because there's been no Nico Collins, because everyone else is devoid of talent. They get down in games so quick that it's like easy for them to just have to throw it all over the place. So, I mean, as of this taping, there aren't any of those props up right now. So I might be looking at the more props when they hit. That's probably about my only opinion in this. Could the Chiefs win by more than 14? Absolutely. Have these two touchdown favorites had trouble uh, covering over the course of the season? Also, absolutely. So this will be a sit back and watch and hell, I don't know. Maybe this one won't make a TV either. Remember over the last three years, just how much breath and ink we've spent on Kansas City underperforming as a big favorite, right? Like we, we've spent a lot of time talking about, oh, Kansas City doesn't cover the big numbers. If you were ever going to take the Kansas City Chiefs mm -hmm. as a two touchdown favorite, this is the place where you would do just that. Uh, the stats about Mahomes in the Dome, very clear. He doesn't lose the Domes. Um on the other side, the stats about the Houston Texans quarterbacks, and when I put an S on that, you should know there's a problem, are not particularly generous, but they are going to go with a two-quarterback system. They are going to play both Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills at quarterback. And so, I don't know. I don't know what that means for this offense. Last week, it looked all right. Um, I'm not going to lay the 14 with mm -hmm. Kansas City. Um, but that being said, anybody who tells me, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, oh boy. All right, Steven, maybe you, maybe you have a play on this. Steven, Steven's always good for a play on a game that we like, nah, there's no way we can make a play on this game. that Steven hops in with his cape on and says like, Oh, the hell there isn't a play to make in that game. What do you got? You got something here? I heard a lot of very smart people last week. And I was tempted to. I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger. I heard a lot of very smart people last week say to bet the Cowboys to cover seventeen points against the Houston Texans. <laughs> but what changed? That was early in the week when we all thought Kyle Allen was still the quarterback. Davis Mills is back to being the quarterback now. And yes, there's some Jeff Driscoll mixed in. Oh, there's the cape. He's caping for Davis Mills. Yeah. 58 minutes into the podcast. He's caping for back. Davis Mills. Our savior is back <laughs> to cover two touchdown spreads. We're not asking a lot here, guys. This is a huge spread. This is the second biggest spread of the season. And we saw they at least have some fight last week. And we don't need them to be competitive. We just need them to fight enough to not lose by two touchdowns. And we know Kansas City doesn't cover big spreads. Oh, boy. To hell with it. I'm in. Let's go. We're, Davis we're, we're doing this. 14. To hell we're, with it. We're doing this. Texas. I can't. Come on. Here's, 
Let, let me tell you why that. Let me tell you why that's going to be a, a bad ticket too. Not only because it's not only because it's the Texans at, 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 that you're having to do. You have to watch the game now. Now you have to like pay attention to this game, which is a game that you could have just Russell written off. Wilson scored three touchdowns on this defense last week. For God's sakes! I mean, well, I, I, first of all, I do not have to watch it. I absolutely <laughs> do not have to watch it. If Red Zone puts it on, then so be it. But uh, I mean, why? <laughs> We this Chiefs defense is an issue, guys. When we get to the it's playoffs, not, it's, it's not great. No, no, no. It's it's not great. It's not great. It's not. It's not. It's it's not bad, but it's not good. It's like somewhere in between. It's it's it's. A it may not matter because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but it mattered last year, and it might matter again this year. Well, we shall see, and I'm loving the fact that that's going to get into your your account. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's a game. We'll just say that. Cardinals and Broncos. It's a game. Uh, so here's a game, guys. Cardinals and Broncos. Three-point favorites are the Broncos. Uh, I, I guess it is still a possibility that Russell Wilson could play. I saw that it's like not completely ruled out that he could go. Uh, I don't know how you could roll him out there a week after that face that he they zoomed in on that was the biggest concussion face I've ever seen of any person like ever. Uh, I, but I guess there's a chance. We know for sure. Kyler Murray is done, so we're going to get Colt McCoy. Broncos three-point favorites in Denver over the Cardinals here. 37 is the total. Steven, you and I were talking just a tad before we got going here, and I'm like, I am so tempted to play the Cardinals at a full field goal. I just I want to play it so bad. I can't do it. It's not in the account yet. But I, at the same time, I know I'm not going to get the three whenever they make it officially official that that Russell Wilson can't go. So it's, I'm in stuck here. It's like I either have to make the move now or if I wait and then they rule out Russell Wilson, then I'm not going to get the full field goal with the Cardinals. So I, I don't I don't know what to do. I I was tempted, Matt, but I've been thinking about it since we spoke, and I don't think I'm going to play the Cardinals here. I think this is a team that is dead in the water. They have every motivation, I think, at this point with now their starting quarterback out for probably a lot of next year as well to probably just play a lot of young guys and see what they have. And I'm not convinced that Colt McCoy is going to play the rest of the season either. He's limited this week with a neck injury. I think he's probably going to start this week, but their backup quarterback is 36 years old. Like I don't know if it's worth them playing him the rest of the season either. And just seeing if they have any young guys as well, that could be a backup for Kyler Murray down the road here. So they just picked up David Blau off the practice squad to be mm-hmm. a third stringer. So they're making some moves here that make that kind of get my spidey sense tingling a little bit that maybe they're not interested in playing um, all of their older players the rest of the season. And if they get dinged up, maybe they just put them on IR. So yeah, I, I think this is the walking dead at this point for Cliff Kingsbury. I I'm just going to stay away from this one as tempted as I am. And the Broncos are one of those teams that I think shouldn't be favored by three over anybody, to be honest with you, but I'm going to stay away. Adam, I guess too, we keep looking at these low totals and I know it's like something that you don't really love to play unders in games. I mean, it's a 37 total. I understand that's ridiculously low, but we are getting, we are getting two just absolutely atrocious teams at this point. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, low enough I mean I guess if you look at Arizona it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback there's at least going to be true weapons out on the field I mean they're still going to be DeAndre Hopkins they're still going to be Hollywood Brown 
I don't know. I think there's a bigger case to be made for the Cardinals than the Broncos, but uh, I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the stones quite yet to put it in the account. We're gonna do a little early Festivus here for me. Okay. On the Arizona Cardinals. Is this the airing what, of grievances? What did I have to watch last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it is. I am livid they i have multiple teaser legs that i have talked to you guys about already this week that were tied to the cardinals on (laughs) monday night (laughs) catching seven and a half at home against mac jones mac jones cliff timothy kingsbury and that offense still even with colt mccoy could not stay within a touchdown of The New England Patriots, one of the best receivers on the planet, had the football in his hand, not hands, hand, and just straight up dropped it like a loaf of bread (laughs) that was picked up and brought in for another touchdown. How many other times has that happened in the National Football League? Adam, it it was as if he was having a contest with himself to see how far he could stretch the ball away from his body, from his person. He was like, I'm going to see how far I can keep this ball away from me. And when he got back to the sideline, did you see the first thing he did? He changed the gloves. He changed the gloves when he got because the gloves were the problem when you're carrying the ball out by your shoulder. So if you take that touchdown out of the game, I still cover it. I, I all of this is to say for me, Arizona is the clear right side in this game, and there is not a snowball's chance in hell that I'm betting on the Arizona Cardinals this yeah. week with Cliff Kingsbury at the helm with who knows, maybe Colt McCoy, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Even if you believe in DeAndre Hopkins, he's probably going to get the Pat Sertan treatment this week. And so you're not going to get a whole lot of DeAndre Hopkins. So it's pass for me. But if you want to play it, I think Arizona under is where you should be. Yeah, this is uh, this is just the poo poo game of the week. There's no there's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right, New England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. You want to talk about a game nobody's talking about. I mean, like, this has been the game. Like, I mean, absolutely nobody talking about this game at all. As we sit right now, the Raiders are about a point and a half favorite at home over the New England Patriots, a total of 44 and a half. Adam, when we look at this one, I mean, I I don't want to have a Patriots teaser leg. I know there probably will be some people who have it out there. I just don't like this team. I just don't like the Patriots team. Like I, it's the offense doesn't do anything well. Now, Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Parker, uh, Jacoby Myers, all not practicing. So it's like, who in the hell is going to be even playing on the offensive side for them? I, it's, I can't believe I would say this at this point in the season, after seeing some of the performances we've seen from the Raiders, that it would be a Raiders or pass for me. But it's no, like, but I oh think, my God. but, but, but I'm just, I mean, it's not in the account. I'm just saying like, it's, I have no interest, I guess, in, in this one whatsoever. I can see where the new England teaser leg comes from. I actually might end up with that mm-hmm. new England teaser leg by the end of this, because I can't tell you how far down I am on the Raiders. Uh, this team had managed to win three straight, not impressively, but they had managed to win three straight and had the entire season in front of them and an outside shot at making the playoffs. And you saw what they did last week, finding a way to lose. And that was the definition of finding a way to lose to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this past week, the New England Patriots in the game that I just mentioned sacked Colt McCoy six times. Raiders line's not any better than the Cardinals line. So 
if you like the Raiders, and apparently someone in the market does because we've seen the line move that direction. If you like the Raiders, here's what you're betting. You're betting that the Raiders can protect Derek Carr. You're betting that Bill Belichick can't find a way to pressure Derek Carr. You're betting that Derek Carr under pressure is going to be just fine. You're betting that Bill Belichick, and I, here we go down narrative street. Mm-hmm. You're betting that Bill Belichick is going to lose to Josh McDaniels. I can't get there. Honest to God, as simple as that. I as much as I can tell you, I don't love the Patriots offense. As much as I can tell you, I think the Raiders are a broken team that finds ways to lose. I think Josh McDaniels multiple times this year has forgotten about Devontae Adams in the second half of games. All of it for me comes down to you are not going to get me to bet the Raiders and Josh McDaniels to beat Bill Belichick's New England Patriots in any way, shape or form. Do we know? Do we know if they are going to officially activate Waller and Renfro? That is at least somewhat interesting to me. That is no, at least it, somewhat yeah. interesting to me. I the, it, so Waller said he expects to play, but it wouldn't be the first time that we came up to yeah. game time decision on Darren Waller and he didn't play. Renfro is also in the window as well. They have not been as clear about him so i get it yeah that Mm. would that would make them more interesting but it's still for me even if you have those weapons it's still about the fact Mm. that this patriots pass rush has been able to consistently generate pressure and Derek carr is not the quarterback that you want to have when he starts getting happy feet what do we uh what do we think about this one there steven come on come on you fired did you fire no, um, he didn't fire. No. He didn't fire. Couldn't fire on this one. <laughs> even Steve, even Steven couldn't go. Couldn't go after this one. When I saw my Raiders teaser leg go up and smoke in the last three minutes of the game last week, despite only allowing three points to that point in the game mm-hmm. against Baker Mayfield, straight off the tarmac. I said I better not bet the Raiders anymore for the rest of the season. So that's where we're at. I was tempted to maybe do Raiders first half here with how slow New England starts and then Belichick makes adjustments. And we know the Raiders have gotten off to good starts and just can't hold leads. But, yeah, I'm good. I think there's a lot of other great options this week. So, yeah, we don't have to bet every game. We don't have to. I mean, you keep I, telling me that. And I'm, I know I you like I'm to, but we don't have to. Yes, it. I mean, listen, here's, here's, here's an advantage we have as betters. They have to hang them all, but we get to choose the ones that we bet. Like, they have to hang them all. <laughs> we just we get to choose the ones we bet. So there's that. Tennessee yeah. Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. This one is in my account. As we sit right now, three points in favor of the Chargers at home against the Titans. 46 and a half is your total now we know not much of a home field advantage for the chargers if any at all so we can kind of say that this is a true number as opposed to you know anything that's has them being a uh, at home there in la guys this is a pretty simple handicap for me steven i think you and i even uh, uh talked a little bit about this earlier on in the week but for me i think we figured out we talked about the the vikings earlier on in uh the podcast and earlier on if you're watching this on sunday we talked about it uh, before that game, don't know how it turned out, by the way, but uh, it's basically saying you, you kind of avoid the Vikings against really good offenses. We've kind of figured out kind of what this team is, when and when not to bet them. Well, this Titans team, any team that can pass the football effectively, I'm going to bet against the Titans so long as the number is appropriate. And the Chargers with Mike Williams and with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler in the lineup together, all together for the first time since 
a few snaps in week one. Remember, Keenan Allen got hurt in week one. Like he was he was gone in week one. So for the first time for all three of those guys to be out there together since week one, this Charger team actually looked like a real offense again. And it looked like a team that can actually be one of those guys. You know, I had all these high aspirations, obviously, of this team coming into this season. It's not going to pan out this year, but uh, you started to see some of that. And this Tennessee Titans team, the blueprint is out. You just don't run the ball. You just throw all over them. They're really good at defending the run. They cannot guard anybody in the pass game. And you can just move up and down the field, uh, throwing the ball all over them. And I think that's exactly what this Chargers team is going to do. I got it at two and a half. There's a there's one very juicy two and a half still left in the market. Maybe by the time you watch this, it'll be gone and it'll be at three. I don't even hate this at three because, again, with everybody out there and healthy, with Herbert playing the way that he's playing, the defensive side of the ball should be healthier, by the way, for the Chargers as well. Derwin James is trending to be back. Sebastian Joseph today is trending to be back for the Chargers as well. Um, any team that can move the ball through the air is a bet on against this Titan squad. Take it away. Yeah, I bet Chargers minus two and a half. I laid minus 120. I don't care. Mm. I, I want it under the three here. Um, Brandon Staley winning by more than a field goal still concerns me a little bit as we record on Friday morning. I think uh, there still is one two and a half that's juiced. So I, that's that's the play I would make here. I also bet Chargers on the look ahead line next week when they play the Indianapolis Colts because I got a two and a half on that one as well. So I think the Chargers are healthy now. I think this is closer to the team that we expected coming into the season that we all power ranked as one of the top five teams in the NFL and then injury struck them. They have enough guys back from injury now, especially on the offensive side with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, that they are a bet on team for me at this point in the season. And in this matchup against the Tennessee Titans, the only saving grace, in my opinion, with this Titans offense has been Derrick Henry in the run game. And since week 10, they are 29th in rushing success rate and 28th in rush EPA. They can't even do that well at this point. And to your point about the pass defense, bottom five and drop back EPA and success rate. I look at this game and every unit matchup on the field favors the Chargers. And I can't believe a two and a half is still out there for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be nervous as hell if you want to play this in a teaser. Like, I would be nervous as hell. I think the Chargers actually can win this game at margin because I, again, I do. I honestly believe the blueprint is out. You just stack the box. You dare Ryan Tannehill and them to have to throw on you, by the way, no trailing Burks back for this game. He's still not going to be back for, for them. And he was playing super well and giving a consistent target to Tannehill out there. Um, it just everything. Some guy named Okwanku, some guy yeah. named Okwanku or something is like a main threat in this passing offense at this yeah. point. And, and Adam, if we look at this, I understand it's a small sample size and it's, it's only last week. However, we know who Mike Williams is. We know who Keenan Allen is. This isn't one of those things where we're going like, oh dude, you saw him play well last week and you're going to sit here and try to like crown them. And also no, no we, we know who Mike Williams, the player is. He's the guy that goes and makes the big splash plays. You know who Keenan Allen is. He runs the precise routes and moves the chains. Like it's, that's what you need in this offense to be working in it. And then Herbert seems like he's healthy again from his early season injury and was throwing dimes all over the place. And so, um, again, the, the two and a half to me, by the way, a juicy two and a half at minus 120 is still a value. 
if you want to say that, because if you're buying off of a three and if in a traditional market, if you were buying off of a three, it would cost you about minus 130. So even a minus 120, two and a half is still a good bet from just a value standpoint of, of buying off a number. So if anyone gets scared of like a juicy two and a half, just know if, if it's 120, it's still better than if you were buying off of a, of a three that was market wide, it would cost you 130. How much of how we feel about the Chargers this week has to do with a defensive performance against Miami that I don't know that anyone on earth saw coming? Um, just to offer a little bit of, I'm not going to call it pushback. I'll just say I've got my hand up and I'm lightly keeping you from resistance. Away from we'll call it resistance. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Call, it, we'll call it resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Miami first half bet mm-hmm. last week and the receivers literally were not open, mm-hmm. right? Like, like then when I talk about Guys who I've never heard of being able to cover blanket style. Uh, We've not seen that from the Chargers all year long. And I think that had a lot to do with what we saw in that game this past week. Now, covering whoever the hell the Titans throw out there is obviously not going to be as challenging as covering Tyree Kill and and Jalen Waddle. So maybe it doesn't ultimately matter. So I think they'll just offer that much resistance. The Chargers defense played way over its head for what we've seen out of them this past week. Would we have expected it out of a Brandon Staley defense back when he was with the Rams? Yes, but we just haven't seen it with the Chargers a whole lot. You guys covered the offensive side of the ball very well. I don't need to talk any more about that. Titans have nobody to cover. Jeffrey Simmons is questionable for this game in the middle of that line. So I don't even know if they're going to be able to put any pressure on uh, Justin Herbert. So I I think you guys are on the right side of this thing. It's not in for me yet. It, It probably will be, but I don't have it yet. Cincinnati Bengals travel on the road to Tampa Bay. The Bengals find themselves three and a half point favorites, though a influential place uh, far away has this has moved to four. So if anyone is wondering where this may or may not end up by the time this is all said and done, uh, 44, 44 and a half is your total. Adam, we have a battle of the goat versus Tom Brady, and it is um, <laughs> and it is like a game that is pretty easy for me when you take a look at this. I mean, this Cincinnati team, we talk about like season arcs, right? It is very obvious to me. Cincinnati's on this the upward trajectory uh, throughout the course of the last you know six weeks of the season. Maybe you could say Tampa's neutral. I would probably say they're on a downward arc, if anything, right? I mean, I can't imagine anyone would say that this team is anything better than neutral. I would say probably on the way down. People are worried about this Tyler Boyd and this T. Higgins situation. Both are practicing limited, so I the likelihood is at least one of the two goes. So it'll be Chase and one of the two out there. You still have Joe Mixon. The underrated thing here. We can talk about the offense all day long, future Hall of Famer, quarterback, all the stuff like that. The defense is what is what is what we should be talking about here. This has been a top 10 unit in the NFL for over half the season now. I mean, like they are really, really good, specifically with DJ Reader out there who can plug up the middle and allow them basically to drop back and, and use these cover guys that they have in this defensive scheme, which by the way, I know Steven will, I'm not even going to take, take Steven's thunder here about the defensive side of the ball for Cincinnati. I'll let him, I'll let him do that. But uh, I don't trust Tom Brady and this Buccaneers offense to be able to do anything against this defense. And I weirdly can't believe that I'm saying on a team that is quarterbacked by Jesus H burrow, that I'm actually more on the handicap of this defense versus the Bucks offense than I am the opposite way around. 
Francisco was like last week, the 49ers just as easy of a play as there's ever been for me um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't care about Brock Purdy, uh, Tom Brady against what that San Francisco defense is. And it's not Tom Brady even so much as the rest of this offense. Like it's broken. Yeah. And I believe uh, what week was it? They played Pittsburgh and you guys were on the teaser leg. And I'm like, guys, something's broken here. I don't know what it is, but something's broken and everybody sees it now. Like the, they're, they're not good on the offensive side of the ball in any way. The defense can't carry them. The, the defense can't carry an offense that bad. No matter how much talent there is on that defense, just can't do it. So, yeah, uh, on the other side of this, yes, Boyd and Higgins, it's a problem if they can't go. But the only reason you wouldn't bet Cincinnati in this is that you would worry that with the receivers hurt, that maybe Zach Taylor would say, you know what? It's got to be a Samaji P. Ryan Joe Mixon game. That's the <laughs> only thing that would keep you off Cincinnati. There, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, there is always, and we should say this with a, I'll say it every single time, Stephen. There's always the caveat that Zach Taylor is still calling the shots for Cincinnati, and he makes some bonehead plays basically every single week, some bonehead calls. That being said, he was smart enough to get away from what he was doing early on in the season on the offensive side of the ball. And this has been one of the, one of the best offenses since. So maybe there's a little bit there. Not only uh, Adam just mentioned the defense from the bucks that they can't carry this team anymore. Not only that, but the defense is beat up as well. Like hit entering this game. Now it does look like they'll get uh, Sean Murphy bunting back in this game, but there's a lot of other guys that are going to be uh, if they're if they do try to play Vita Vea doesn't look like he's going to be out there. Antoine Winfield, if he plays, looks like he would be pretty uh, beat up uh, pretty terribly. So, I mean, uh, Jamel Dean doesn't look like he's going to be out there. So there's a lot of, of injuries on the defensive side of the ball to go along with the fact that they hadn't been playing very well lately. So you uh, left me the defense of the, I did. Of the Bengals. I knew you about. wanted to. I was about to go there and I'm like, no, this is Steven's bread and butter. I'm going to let him do it. Lou Anarumo is a star in the making in the <laughs> NFL coaching world. This guy sh should be a head coach next season. What he has done in particular with halftime adjustments over the past two years has been Belichickian is how good he's been. It's been night and day compared to what they do in the first half. So I love that, first of all. If they were to ever fall behind in games, you know they always have a chance to come back in the mm -hmm. second half with the offense that they have and also the defensive adjustments. On paper overall for the season, you know what I love most in an NFL defense, a team that pressures without blitzing, and the Bengals are top 10 pressure rate with number 22 ranked blitz rate on the year. Love that. Even in the past couple of weeks where they've played some, some good offenses, including the Kansas City Chiefs, they still have posted above average defensive metrics in the last four games. So this is the number four team in my power rankings, but behind the obvious Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. I think they have every chance to make another run in the postseason this year now that we're seeing a little bit more of what we want out of this offense. So um, with that being said, though, Matt, mm -hmm. I did not bet them to cover more than a field goal in this game on the road. I was a little bit gun shy to do that with the receiver injuries. The way I played it was kind of a, a playoff like money line parlay. So a miniature teaser, so to speak. So money line parlay on the Bengals and the 49ers for me, but uh, obviously that game's over. I still think parlaying the Bengals money line with a team like the Vikings, who I think is highly likely to beat the Colts, uh, a team like even the Lions this week, who I think is highly likely to beat Zach Wilson. Uh, you can get some really good 
plus money there, I think, is is how I want to play the Bengals this week. Sunday night football, New York football giants and the Washington commanders four and a half in favor of the commanders at home against the giants. Forty and a half is your total. Ron Rivera said there is a very good chance that Chase Young makes his season debut in this game. He is trending, quote, trending in the right direction. Adam, I'll, I'll start with you. I do want to start here with you since you are a Giants fan. You know, I was beating the drum for the Giants early on in the year. I was waving the flag. Then just, I mean, tragedy struck, injuries, just every single level. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there wasn't a single level of this offense or defense that hasn't been struck by some sort of injury throughout the course of the season. And it's finally just paying its toll as we move down towards the end of the season here. I think it's probably an appropriate line to have the uh, the commanders favored by this much over this team at this point in the season. I can't even believe that I'm saying that because you guys know how I feel about this Washington commander squad, but it's a, it is a legitimate defense. That is something that we can't, you know, that we cannot deny. It is a defense that has allowed the fourth fewest yards per game in the NFL. It's allowed the 10th fewest points per game in the NFL. So Taylor Heineke is not asked to do a ton on the offensive side. The giants just have no weapons. They have no, uh, they have nothing on the defensive side anymore. So uh, hats off to Dayball for keeping this team together through the course of all of this. But I think this might be the straw that finally kind of breaks everything here. What say you? So, this number has made its way out to five in some spots mm-hmm. on Washington. If we believe the way that Sunday night Island games tend to trend, uh, the favorite is going to continue to take money at six. It's the Giants for mm-hmm. sure. For me at five, it still might be the Giants for me. I make this game Washington, too, and I will admit in my power ratings, I have never, ever been lower than the market on a team like Washington, as far down as I am. Mm-hmm. I said that in sort of a ham-handed way. I am 10 spots below the pro football focus rankings on the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about Zach Wilson with a lot of ho-ho-ha-ha. Uh, same turn turnover-worthy play percentage as Taylor Heineke. So Taylor Heineke has ridden the variance for a while here to be at least competent for this Washington team. It wouldn't take a whole lot for a couple of those passes that have been finding their way through defenders' hands to stick in defenders' hands and turn this thing back around. I'm not going to coach my bet that far to mm. just say, okay, well, definitely right. take the Giants in that spot. They played to a tie last time out. Washington's coming off the bye. Everything to me points Giants, and I think it's points Giants at buying at that low point you just mentioned. You talk about buying the Giants at the absolute lowest point of the season that you possibly can coming off, getting wrecked by the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Washington commanders, I don't think are the team that is going to be able to exploit the giants quite the same way. So I think the right side is giants uh, with the points at six. It would definitely be a play. It might still be at five. Yeah. I, uh, Steven, I, I, I think the other thing for me might just be a look at the total. Um, you know, I understand 40 and a half is really low, but Really good defense there in Washington. Not a lot of firepower on either one of these offenses. I, I, this also could be one of those slog games, in my opinion, right? I think this could be one of those super ugly games or whatever. So maybe that, maybe that is in, in, ends up being how I, I play this on Sunday night. I think there's a couple schools of thought here, right? First of all, 
very odd situation on the schedule. These The commanders are playing the same opponent two games in a row. It's only the third time that's happened since the 1970 merger. And they get a bye week in between. So if the commanders were less than a field goal favorite a couple of weeks ago, is this the proper move? Is it too much to go flip home field, have a bye week in between? So first of all, Matt, with your experience, that's my first question. Have we... Have we given too many points the other way at this point, or is this appropriate given the bye week and the flip and home field advantage? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, but we do got to work in that there's a bye and you know all the different things like that. So I mean that that's got to be worked in as well. Yeah. So I I was kind of thinking about it in those terms early in the week and saying, hey, maybe the commanders are actually short here. But then I start thinking. When do I ever want to back Taylor Heineke to beat a team by a touchdown? I, I don't, regardless of spot and situation. So I've kind of come back the other way now and am more on Adam's side at this point because if they were two point favorites just two weeks ago in this team and couldn't beat them, they didn't win. They tied, they didn't win. So they didn't cover. What's changed significantly? Since then, other than the Giants once again showing they just can't compete with the top teams in the NFL. This is almost the same situation to me to back the Giants the first time they played the Commanders. They were coming off a high-profile game against the Cowboys where they got their doors kicked in, which is what we all thought was going to happen. Now they're coming off a high-profile game against the Eagles in which they got their doors kicked in, which is what we all thought was going to happen. And they're playing a Commanders team that doesn't blow anybody out. So... I think I'm Giants or pass at this point, and at this point, I think we just wait for the best of the number because I think it is probably one-way traffic on the Commanders. It's certainly been one-way traffic to this point. This was three and a half at the start of the week. We will have a full breakdown of Monday Night Football, so be sure and take a look at that as well. Everything, all these games, written content over at thelines.com, so be sure and take a look at those as well, guys. It has been an awesome, it's been an awesome season. Hopefully we can close out strong here in these final weeks. For Adam, for Steven, I'm Matt. Good luck in week 15.